I'm Arie Schwartz, along with Rachel Galligan, and this is the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W, using X's and O's, along with key stats, we bring honest and critical analysis. A young Duke alum, fresh off her first WNBA season, in the midst of her first overseas season, we are honored to welcome Lexi Brown. Say hi to the folks and tell us where you are and what you've been up to. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm currently in Hungary, uh, playing um, on a team in the um, upper division. Um, the city's called here. We're about an hour from Budapest, and I'm having a great time over here. I miss the family in the United States a little bit, but you know, I'm having a great experience over here. So just to start, sorry, Rachel, I, I, that made me think, um, you know, talking about family, it got me thinking about the holidays. Have you? How long have you been out there so far? Um, I've been over here since September 1st, um, but I've been back home twice. Once, um, about like a week before Thanksgiving, there was a national team break, and then over the holidays. Um, but from now until probably the end of April, I'll be here and, and just here for the long haul. Awesome. Wow. Well, well, Lexi, hey, how are you? Um, so happy to have you on the show, and I, I think there's <laughs> I have a thousand questions for you. Uh, but I first want to just kind of break down for everyone listening. You know, this was a, a portion of our podcast that we wanted to get out um, for fans of women's basketball, fans for the WNBA, to have a better understanding of what overseas life is like. Um, and even someone like myself or Arie, who cover this as closely as we do, it's still difficult to really wrap your minds around kind of... Um, what goes on day in and day out um, with you guys and these decisions that you make to go overseas. And so um, thank you for joining us and, and answering some of our questions and just giving us a deeper look into what all of this entails for you guys. I just, and I just have a couple of questions myself. I, I'm curious. Um, well, I want to hear from you. Um, why is it um, that so many WNBA players feel that need to go play overseas and leave their families and go be in different, you know, different countries uh, for, you know, seven, eight months out of the year? Um, well, one, um, income, obviously, um, especially for, you know, the first uh, couple years of your career. You know, as everybody knows, we don't make, you know, that much money playing in the WNBA, which um, honestly, in the grand scheme of things for the short season that we have, I think, the amount that we get paid is, you know, more than enough, especially fresh out of college, no responsibilities, at least for me, um, you know, financially. Um, but if you want to be able to, you know, um, long-term be, you know, financially stable, you know, overseas is usually the way to go. Um, you could make a ton of money overseas. Um, you know, I know some players making six figures um, playing over here, which is amazing to do a sport that you love. Um, also, I think, um, people want to see the world, want to experience things, want to experience new cultures, meet new people. I know personally, I would want to travel anyway, um, you know, fresh out of college before, you know, if I were to not be playing, you know, before I went into the workforce or something, I definitely would take my time and go travel and go see things that I've never seen before. I have a ton of friends who are doing that right now. Um, and being able to, you know, get paid while you're being over here, being able to travel all over the world and playing basketball, you know, I feel like it's, it's an amazing life. Um, you know, it is hard being away from your friends and family, but 
I mean, I think that's a small price to pay to do something that you love and that you've worked your entire life for. I keep thinking of that. I don't know if you've seen that that little video. I think it was Bleacher Report did with uh, Jewel Lloyd when Faith Mothership or whatever, and she gets in the car with Cappy, and Cappy's like, you got to go overseas and get that shmoney. I always think of that whenever I think of going overseas, and that needs to be a real movie. <laughs> I haven't even seen that. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> They made like a, a a a spoof movie trailer with uh Jewel Lloyd and with a few other WNBA players like popping in as as uh as little guest guests. Cameo appearances, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It was it was hilarious. Well, I think it should be a real movie. whenever you post this podcast, you should tag a link to that so everyone can check it out. Lexi, I'm I'm curious. I, I've heard that as you negotiate certain contracts, well my first question is real quickly, like what is the like like the the best players in the world the highest levels the brand of stewards you know all the like how, like what is the most someone is getting paid overseas roughly i'm just curious um i honestly don't even know i know that the the chinese the players that are in china and in russia are probably getting paid the most mm-hmm. um, i like I, I literally can't put a number i know it's over six figures i okay. do remember that they're uh, two years ago that Diana Taurasi got paid 1.5 million to sit out for WWE right. to rest. So if that gives you an idea about how much money that Russia has, there's an example <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, if you're good enough, like the sky's the limit. That's what my agent said when he gave me a list of all the countries to go to, he kind of gave me their, you know, pay averages, you know, a scale from, you know, lowest to highest. And when he put Russia, um, China and uh, South Korea. He was like, salary is like to infinity. That's pretty. That's exact. Like his. That was his word. Word for word. Salary to infinity. <laughs> and, and as your contracts are being negotiated um, with your agent, things like that, um, I have heard as well that as you're doing that, you can sometimes get um, within there flights covered for you to come back for Christmas, um, yeah. a certain amount of round trip flights. Is that true for everybody or just some of you? Is, is that something that happens? Yeah, I think it's, I don't know if it's for everybody. And I think it depends on, you know, like what division you're in, how much money your club has. I know they paid for So um, my flight, both of my flights for Christmas time, my first flight and to Christmas, they paid for and then my flight coming home, I mean, coming back from Christmas and then returning is paid for. And then the flight that I took during the Thanksgiving time, I had to pay for um, because, I mean, technically I didn't have to go all the way back to the United States. Like my teammate, Rhonda Gray, she went on like a, a little trip around Europe. She went to Italy, Milan, she went to Rome, Milan. Like that's what she did during her oh, week. So yeah, I mean that's the only thing that I've had to pay for, and they pretty much take care of everything. It's very, in that aspect, at least my club is very similar to the WNBA, where they pretty much take care of, you know, all of your basic needs like your housing, your car, um, flights, things like that. So I mean, all the money you spend is on you. So I mean, I think that's another amazing part about, um, you know, the way the WNBA and overseas basketball operates. It's like it gives you a lot of opportunity to save your money, um, invest well, it. So- I want to ask you about that, actually, because I've always been so curious when it comes to like meals, for instance, can you talk to us just briefly about, you know, are your meat, do you have like a a stipend for meals in the W? Do you have a stipend for meals overseas? How does that work? So you gotta Um, eat. Yeah, no, in the WNBA, no. I know, well, when we travel, we get money. 
um, which I'm assuming is for food, which I use <laughs> for other things like <laughs> Um, like living in Connecticut, you know, there's not really a ton of shopping. So, you know, when we would hit cities like New York and Chicago, you know, I would just hit the mall. Um, and my coaches would be like, Lexi, when do you eat? And I'm like, <laughs> like I've managed to eat. Like, let me, you know, I've never had money like this before. So right. let me try it. <laughs> let me live. <laughs> Food is fine. Food is not going anywhere. It's going to be okay. Um, but, um, yeah, no. You kind of have to, you know, do your own thing with food, which, you know, is fine. They have food at the gym for you to do, like, like this stuff because um, we practice in the mornings. Um, over here, we get one meal for uh, prepared for us a day. We can, like, go pick it up. We can – it's like a – I don't know how to describe it. It's, like, kind of like a restaurant slash cafeteria. Um, we have to go. We can eat there, and we can take food home. So, I mean, I'm pretty much set for the entire week. You know, food-wise, unless I want to go on my own and get something else. Um, or I've decided to become a more home-cooked meal person, which I've never been in my life because I hate cooking. <laughs> uh, but I've been forced to uh, start cooking for myself, so that's been fun. Um, and then the weekends, there's a restaurant that um, provides us meal, one meal that we can go stop through if we feel like it on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, we have, like, a nice little setup over here. You know, I love food. I love to eat. And that's that was my biggest concern coming over. <laughs> like acting like they don't have regular food over here, but um, the Hungarian food is actually delicious. I really like it. Is there a Hungarian dish that's you're like, oh man, I might have to try and figure out what I'm going to do when I get back and how well, I'm going to get there. That's not going to happen because <laughs> <laughs> because like I said, I tell everybody, everyone's like, can you cook? I tell, I cook for survival. That's all I do. Like, <laughs> like you're not going to keep making a big meal, big gourmet meal with, with courses. Like if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat something that will be full. And that is it. Um, I think it's called goulash. I want to say, I, I don't even know if that's what it's called, but they have this like pasta and it's like, it looks like mashed potatoes, but it's pasta. Like it has a consistency of noodles, but it looks like mashed potatoes. <laughs> and they put like sauces on top of it. Um, and it's so good. And I it is. It's called good. goulash. You're correct. Yes. That is my favorite thing that I've eaten over here so far, for sure. Um, it, I, I just have so many questions. Just real quickly, I mean, I think it's important the listeners understand that there is a wide range when you say, that you're playing professionally overseas. Um, you know, I played professionally overseas. Um, different countries are diff have different levels of competition. Um, we could talk about EuroLeague. We could talk about, um, you know, obviously China and, and Australia and are in their different leagues of their own. But um, in Europe in particular, you know, a country like Spain is not going to pull a WNBA caliber player from the States because they don't have the financial money um, right. to, to support that. So what you're seeing, and, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier in the podcast that, you know, like, like the top talent, you guys are going to more of these Eastern European countries like Hungary, um, not to mention also Russia, um, Turkey. Why is it that those countries in particular um, are able to really be the powerhouses when it comes to pulling WNBA talent? Um, I think it's just, they just love basketball over here. Um, it's, 
I mean, I don't know, like, the background of it, why certain countries have more money than others. Um, like, I did hear, like, some Russian teams are, like, run by, like, the mafia or something like that. So, Did you that? hear that story about the team Sue Bird played for? No, I haven't. I was I, I heard about this and I did some research on this and according to Wikipedia, so take it how you, how you want. But one hundred percent sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> so according to Wikipedia, one of the teams Sue Bird and I don't know which team it was played for back in the day in Russia was owned by this like really rich former like KGB spy and. He was apparently he was known for taking the team on like shopping sprees on his private jet. They would just like fly to Milan and different like places and he would give them shopping sprees. But apparently he was assassinated during one of the seasons. And the team then like had a moment of silence and like didn't and forfeited the next game or something because their owner was just like assassinated. Yeah, you know, that sounds about right. (laughs) Sounds about right. So, yeah, I think. The owners have a big, a big part of it. Like I know our president is just a, um, a really big basketball fan, mm-hmm. and he kind of does it his, his own time. Because I remember when we were losing, he came in, you know, cussed us out. Me and Rashawn have no idea what he's saying. We come in after one game, uh, wrong bus. He comes in the bus, says something. I thought he was like saying something like, you know. Guys are, you guys got it like next next game apparently he said very rude things and they were like we're not even going to tell you what he said because it doesn't matter and we were like oh okay wow. um but, does that happen a lot yes like well my my entire coaching staff and all my teammates they all speak english so we don't really have that many moments like in practice or in games um but yeah the management they speak very limited english and mostly hungarian so, yeah, when we were having our little rough patch, you know, there was a lot of, you know, altercations and conversations, like, in the locker room, like, after practices, trying to figure out what what is going on. And, you know, I just sit there, like, mm, I don't know what you're saying, but okay. Um, and then, of course, they, they translate it in, like, the nice way. Of course. I mean, the language barrier, when they're trying to get points across, is kind of funny because, you know, they could be, you know, cussing us out. And then coach would be like, yeah, you know, he said, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta play a little harder, you know, work a little harder. And that's not what he said. <laughs> no, it's, that's not, that's not what went down. Things like that. Um, you know, they're really passionate about the game over here, which is really, it's really awesome. Um, and I'm really, I'm personally really appreciative that I'm in a, in a club, you know, that loves women's basketball. So, you know. So something I wanted to ask real quick <clears throat> before we get into like styles and play, I, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about contracts and whatnot. I've, have you heard, I've heard some horror stories of people just not getting paid. Have you heard these horror stories and how does that play into your decisions? I'm living in it right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, I just, I've heard about it. I knew it happened, but it actually happening to me is like, I wasn't shocked, but I was like, why am I shocked? Like, I knew this was going to happen, but I was still so mad, even though I was expecting it to happen. Um, they just, I don't I don't know why they do it. They just don't pay you on the day that they say they can, they're supposed to pay you. Um, for me, it's just annoying for me because, like I said, I don't have any financial burdens currently. I don't have a house, um, you know, 
I don't have like phone bills, like high phone bills. I don't have like high, super high car payments. Like my parents are still helping me out with my first car. Like all that is taken care of. So, you know, for me, it's just kind of me being like just a little spoiled American. Like, wait, why did I get paid today? Like this is when we're supposed to get paid today. Um, but it's just normal. But in your contract, you have like a time frame and it's like after this amount of days, like you don't have to practice anymore or play. And then after this amount of days, you can go home. So I actually had the chance to not return after Christmas because the time had passed. So um, I don't want to be the a-hole that sits out of practice because I didn't get paid. Because one, I'm a rookie. Like, this is my first year. Two, it happens to like everybody. So if I'm the one who decides to sit out, then I'm gonna look like a an idiot. Like, all right, let's see, like we're none of us are getting paid, like just practice. So I didn't even go down that route. Um, but like right before I went home for Christmas, um, literally the day before I went home for Christmas was like the last day on my contract to be like, Okay, if you don't pay me this day, then I don't have to come back, but you have to pay me my entire salary. So the problem with that is one, I just did not feel like packing up all my stuff to go home. Um, so they were lucky that I was lazy. <laughs> Two, it's like a pain to get a club to pay you in full if you end up leaving their team. Like I've heard so many stories of players still waiting like years later to get their full salaries that they weren't paid, even though they completed the season. So I can't even imagine what it would be like if you didn't complete the season. Um so I've gotten paid every month, but delayed, but I've gotten paid. So, um, you know, it's just something you kind of have to deal with. It's annoying. Um, but at the end of the day, as long as I get paid eventually, you know, I'm good. Um, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I mean, I can speak from even my own example. Um, I, I will. I was never good enough to play in the WNBA, not even close. But there are there is another tier of players. And we were kind of talking about it before we started the show, um, there's a tier of players who played at the highest level here in the States of, you know, division one basketball. They were dominant players. Um, they were great college players who are overseas playing professionally, um, in different parts around the world, um, who will probably never make a WNBA roster because it is highly difficult to make a WNBA roster. Right? People don't understand how difficult that is. And even myself, I mean, I, I, I'm 10 years removed and I, there's a club that still owes me you know, over two grand, I'll never see that money. Um, so, and I, I mean, and, and I'm one of thousands you know, of, of players who have gone through that. Um, even it just, you know, it sounds like it's taking place from the lowest level of professional basketball to even up in the highest levels, you know, kind of, kind of what you're playing at right now. So that's, it's very interesting, you know, the, the value of certain contracts and timelines, um, the cultural aspect of, um, the sense of urgency, you know, of getting things done in a timely manner and the repercussions of not getting it done um, don't always apply over there uh, many times. And that, that can be very difficult to juggle. It was shocking. I was like, there's sometimes the way they, the pace at which they do things, I'm just like, what? <laughs> Why is this thing so long? <laughs> like, yeah. are you kidding me? In the States, it would take five seconds. Um, so... Um, it's just something I had to get used to. I'm completely used to it now. So, um, you know, when I first got here, you know, it was like this culture shock for sure. Well, I was like, what is this? And, and there's so many benefits, like you said, of being able to 
um, take advantage of free housing, you know, um, phones, internet, cars, meal plans, all of those things to where when you do get paid, that money is, is really in a lot of ways just directly into your pocket. Um, in a lot of yeah. ways, just straight cash, especially if you, you know, are smart about asking for that. Um, because I know checks will bounce as well. So it, it is, it's a different world, but moving into kind of just more so the basketball aspect of it, um, how has that been? How has that transition been going from playing the highest level of collegiate basketball to, you know, the WNBA to then going over and now you're playing in Hungary. Talk to us a little bit about just the differences of uh, practices, game prep, just your day in day out routine. I mean, how much has that been maybe a struggle or has it been easier? Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, At the beginning it was it was the physicality of the game really bothered me. Um, only because in the WNBA, it, it is very physical, but, you know, there's just kind of a, there's like a line, you know, when it comes to American players of like physicality, like, okay, like this is a little much. And we like, you know, dial it down a little bit. Like they don't have that line over here. Like there's no dialing down. Like everything is like physical or super physical and that's it. Um, so that bothered me a little bit at the beginning. Um, and the game, the game is not as fast as WNBA. Um, it's just a little more physical. The girls over here are very, they're very skilled. I mean, you're not going to find a ton of like athletes over here, um, which is to my benefit because I'm not a super athlete. So I'm like, oh my God, they play like me. <laughs> um, so, um, I feel like my game definitely fits more to the European style. Uh, compared to the WNBA style. Um, but I feel like my game in the WNBA will grow, you know, as the years go on and I get a little bit more experience. Um, I had to kind of reprogram myself defensively um, because I know going from Duke where we played all zone, then going to the league to where it's uh, man, all man, but like way more spread out, you know, you're on an island, you know, 99% of the time back to European where it's closer to basketball rules. Um, so I've had to, you know, adjust with that. Um, and I think this is going to be super beneficial for me for the WNBA because we, we play all man to man as well. So, um, you know, my on ball defense wasn't what I thought it was um, <laughs> when I got here. Um, it never is. It never so, is. <laughs> I've gotten so much better. Um, and then, of course, me being at the point guard position, I'm, like, ginormous compared to the point guards over here. Um, so it's been fun, and it's been a little difficult, you know, going against smaller players. I've been, been able to work on different aspects of my game. Um, but, you know, there's there's so much I've learned. Um, and me not really getting a lot of time this summer with the sun. I mean, I was just so excited to get over here and play as many games as possible. Um, so, you know, I was just, I think that was one of the more beneficial things of me not playing this summer is that when I got here, you know, I wasn't tired. I wasn't burnt out. I was just like ready to go. Yeah. I've been, I've been sitting all summer. Like I just want to play. And, um, so it was really exciting. Um, I think I, even though I wish my rookie season went a little differently with the sun, I mean, setting up for this first season overseas, I don't think it could have been set up a better way. Well, you, you kind of touched on this. I want to ask, I have so many questions. I mean, first, and this can be a, a, a quick response so you don't have to get really into. I'm curious, <clears throat> I, I've seen interviews with other WNBA players who play overseas, and they talk about this 
this pull between, you know, is the W your real job or is overseas your real job? Because overseas is much more of your income and whatnot. And I guess something that I want to know is when it comes to like going all out, dive, let's say diving for a ball or like putting your body on the line, are you more competitive in that nature overseas or in the W or like, how does that, how does that play into your mind? Um, for me, I, I'm, I'm going to go out no matter what WNBA or overseas, I'm going all out no matter what. Um, but I think that the priority, I've, it's it's hard. It's a, it's it's a hard thing to balance because I feel like where you are in the moment should be what your priority is. So like I should not be over here worrying about the WNBA and I shouldn't be in the WNBA worrying about overseas because then you're not really gonna ever give your full effort to where you are. Um, but yeah, like you said, our majority of our income comes from overseas, and you can't come overseas and you know play like trash bags. And then expect other teams to offer you more money or that team offer you more money or like I'm on a Euro Cup team, like I want to be on a Euro League team. So I can't come over here and kind of dilly dally through the season expecting a Euro League team to be interested in picking me up um, next year. And I think that possibly, um, well, it's not it's not common for players to you know find one team and stay there for a bunch of years. Um, but it would be nice to like find a team and maybe be able to stay there, you know, two, three years if it's a great situation. Um, but if I do have that situation, I want it to be at the highest level. Um, you know, and I think once you get to the highest level, then you can kind of, you know, dial it down a little bit for the WNBA and vice versa. Um, you know, I have so much work to do. There's so many things like I want to accomplish. Like I still want to be like one of the best to ever play WNBA and stuff like that. So you do have to be um, aware of, you know, the wear and tear on your body of being overseas. Like I've seen like vets over here averaging, you know, like six, seven points a game, like their, their eighth, ninth year in. So, you know, I get stuff like that. Um, but, you know, my first year, you know, I'm trying to, you know, destroy everybody. And people are like, why is she so like aggressive? <laughs> but I'm like, like, I have so much to prove, I think. And I've always been that type of player. Like I've always had to prove something to people. Um, so, you know, I came over here on a mission. And I'm going to go back uh, to the States on a mission this summer. Um, and, you know, I think it's just a never-ending cycle. And I think it's it's hard for some players to keep that mentality. But I've had that mentality, you know, as a basketball player since I started playing. So I'm just really excited to see, you know, where my game takes me over the next couple of years. You, you kind of touched on this. Could you talk very briefly just about the differences? I, I don't think a lot of people know about the differences between Euro Cup and Euro League. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? So Euro Cup and Euro League are just the two, you know, top leagues in European basketball. So um, I just the, the difference between the two leagues is just talent level. Um, so we're in the Euro Cup. We got eliminated. So we're not playing anymore. And then if you win the Euro Cup, you get to play in Euro League the next season. And then I think every year they pick and choose what Euro League teams like drop down to Euro Cup. I mean, they're both really awesome. You get to travel to different countries and play, so that's really fun. Um, but, like, like Brianna Stewart, uh, Kayla McBride, Brittany Griner, they play in Euro League. And then some of the Euro Cup players, I play Euro Cup. Um, Jewel Lloyd, Elizabeth Williams, they play Euro Cup. Blake from The Dream, she plays. I actually played against her. She was on one of the teams in our little group that we play. She plays in Spain. Um, who else? 
just to name a few. So, you know, the WBA players are dispersed, you know, throughout, like in our Hungarian league, actually, the team Sopron, they actually were the final, they were in the finals of EuroLeague last year. And, you know, they just kill everybody in our league. So <laughs> they're a powerhouse. Um, they have, who do they have on their team? They have Vaughn Turner, Zowie B, and Candice Dupree. Dupree. They're on their team. Yep. Well, and Turner went, Turner went off last year overseas. Yeah, like she's kind of chilling right now, but I remember our first game we played them. She locked me up. I can't even lie. I was, <laughs> I was not in a good place mentally with uh, our situation as a team. Like nobody was. We just looked awful. Wow. Um, not this weekend, next weekend at home. I think we can give them a little run. I don't know if we can beat them, but you know, I don't. I'm hoping not to lose by like fifty. We only lost by like. I had zero points. I was like, I'm terrible. Why am I here? <laughs> well, I I have a question. I have a quick quick question about just Americans over there. You can have one other American on your team, correct? Yes. Okay. So who 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 else is on your roster that we would be maybe be familiar with? Rashonda Gray. She has a cow. Okay. And it's just yeah. She played around I think, yeah. a little bit on a few other teams and too. So, yeah, she. So it's you two as the Americans, and then but by, by by really the 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 rules state that that's all you can have on the team. Yeah, and we can have I think four or five foreigners. So we have two players from Serbia and one player from Greece as well. And then how much are you off the, like, how often are you able to get together with, say, friends? Like, you know, you've got, you've got probably friends in other cities or other countries. Is there, like, a time you all get together and, like, hang out as Americans? No, No, you don't? It's just, well, we just don't have time. And, uh, I mean, we practice pretty much every day. We have one off day, Um, usually the day after a game. Every other day, practice, 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 practice. So... Um, like my best friend plays in France, so we were like, "Oh my gosh, I finally overseas. We get to see each other all the time." No, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I've not seen her yet. Um, I've not had the time to, you know, just hop on a flight to France real quick. Um, so I mean, it's fine though, because me and Rashonda are super close, and I couldn't have asked for a better, you know, teammate to have my first season. She's been awesome. Um, so I just spent a lot of time with her. And then we do spend time with our other teammates, but, you know, they just all speak Hungarian when they're together. So we're just like, why are we here? So, like, um, we do have some team get-togethers from time to time. But for the most part, I'm usually with the Uh I, I guess, I, again, we could ask you questions forever. I mean, there's there's so many things. Something that I've always been curious of, kind of from a, a PR perspective, what are – you know, when you play for a WNBA team or NCAA team or an overseas team, you know, the photo shoots or like those little clips that fans see during the game asking, like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Stuff like that. What, what are the expectations like overseas? Sometimes I've seen them go above and beyond with kind of fan interaction stuff. Do you think it's all kind of even keel or could you talk a little bit about Our that? Our team does none of that. Um <laughs> <laughs> absolutely none of it um i know most teams don't really do things like that i mean for them basketball is like 
it's a it's not it's like a business to them but it's more like an investment for the owners it's like they don't really care about you know the social media presence and all that uh who was i talking to i was talking to somebody over here and they were talking about how like just social media in general in europe for sports is like just behind like they don't they haven't like you know i I would agree with that benefit I would agree with that. Sometimes, like so even like China, you can't even find social media pages for for the clubs and teams yeah, in China. They like they're like just now like finding out and discovering like the power of social media, which I think is so funny. I think some of the Euroleague men team men's teams do have a pretty big social media presence, but it's those are the it's those teams that I've noticed because you know I've done more research obviously. So I'm like, what am I supposed to do over here? Like nobody knows like where I am. So I like I kind of had to do I've had to like do all this stuff on my own, um, but it's usually the teams that you know like the big organizations with like a soccer team, a basketball team, women's basketball team, right. a water polo team, those type of organizations. You don't you, that, those are the organizations you see doing like the social media stuff, the photo shoots, and things like that. Um, Did you say water polo? Water polo, handball. <laughs> is that big out there? Is that big out there? Handball is oh, huge. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, my. Really? It's like the best ham, women's handball team in the world. They play in this huge arena in our city. It's huge for handball. Have you gone to a game? No, I don't even know when their season is because I was talking to my agent. I was like, who plays in that arena? Like, what? That's like, uh, the women's handball team. And I was like, what? <laughs> There's a, we, um, we play at a university. So we, I've watched like handball practices. I was just like, what is this? I haven't heard of handball since like third big, grade gym class. Really big over there. Really big. It's over here, and I still don't understand the rules. But really, it's actually quite entertaining, I must say. So, Lexi, I want to ask you. Kind of, you talked about different elements of your game. Kind of culture shocks going to different leagues. What? are you looking to personally grow on and as far as your skill sets looking to the next 20 or the 2019 WNBA season? Um, I think I just want to, I want to be like really good at one thing. I feel like in the, in the professional level, you, you can be good at a lot of things, but if you specialize in one thing, you can really like set yourself apart. I, I really would love to be like one of the best shooters in the league. Like if I'm open, like people are like, oh, let's go with it. Like you cannot leave her open. Like I would love to do that. I don't want to like pigeonhole myself into that. Like I still want to be able to do other things. But if I could, you know, just be on track to be like one of the best shooters ever play in WNBA, like that would be amazing. Um, I've been working on my shot a lot over here. Um, I've finally been able to, you know, work on my game a little bit because the WNBA season was so fast this summer. I don't really have a ton of time to, you know, work on my game personally because we were just always on the move. Um, so I'm hoping to go back, you know, as a, an improved player, go over there stronger, um, with a little more understanding, you know, the physicality and, you know, how, how pros, like, operate, how they play. Um, you know, I kind of just felt like I was thrown in the fire a little bit last season and I was talking to Elena Beard when um, I was at the Duke game because she was there as well. And she was like, she was like, yeah, this is probably, like, that was probably like the worst season y'all could have came in as rookies. Um, she was like, it was just, it was just all over the place. And she's like, it, next season will be better. It'll be a little easier. But she's like, yeah, it was just a whirlwind. And she's like, I felt bad for you guys, but you guys managed. 
So um, I'm just really excited to, you know, finally experience a regular WNBA season. I feel like this last season, it was just so rushed and there was just so much going on. Um, so I'm really excited to, to get back for sure. Well, Lexi, I think I speak for very uh, a ton of people uh, when it comes to uh, we are all excited for the 2019 WNBA season. Uh, but for now, we, we wish you the best of luck over there in Hungary the rest of your season. Um, thank you for spending some time with us, um, answering some of our questions. And um, as we continue to just educate ourselves as fans and as people here in the States um, on what you guys are doing day in and day out, it's so important. Uh, we want to be able to hear your stories and just kind of hear your perspective. Um, that helps us be better fans. It helps us to just be educated um, on a greater scale. So thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Um, and best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. And and I do also want to let the fans know that rumor has it Lexi may be coming out with their own podcast in the near future. Yeah. So keep your eyes on social media for that because you don't want to miss that. Am I right? You are absolutely right. Ooh. And it's going to be funny, guys. Ooh. I like it. It's going to be funny. And it's not going to be just basketball. It's going to be about all types of stuff, too. Just FYI. <laughs> This has been the latest installation of Overseas Report, where the WNBA Insider Podcast takes an in-depth look at what goes on in overseas basketball pertaining to the WNBA. 